Hey everybody, welcome to the Irregular Search for Truth. Once again, I'm Scott. And I'm Sachin. And here we come at you once again. Uh, the holiday episode. Holiday episode. I'm honestly squeezing another one in. We might. This is a holiday episode one. Yes, possibly. There might be a holiday episode two. If it's we part, get enough responses. It's like these movies and sequels are always like, oh, it's like the movie, and then it's part two, right? It's never like part, they never like sell it, like, oh, it's part one, or like the, you know, yeah. you, know you don't say like Ghostbusters one, or Star Wars one, or whatever, except, okay, Star Wars is a bad example, actually. Because it was episode four. Yeah, which was very confusing, I think. Yeah. Probably like in 1979, or whenever it came out, it was like, why is it episode four? Like, what's, why did you start at four, George Lucas? You're weird. He he knew what he was getting himself into. He's in for a lot of money, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> worlds of worlds merchandise. All right, so should we get to our first apartment? Yeah, sure. What are we talking about? Today? So I thought we would start off with the product review. All right, product okay. review. Uh, I got here some uh, some soy eggnog. Mm-hmm. Which I thought might be fun to feed to uh, to taste on air, so okay. I'll just uh, shake that up there. And uh, there's not actually a lot left because I've been drinking it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so your review has already been. You know, well, I've already it. I've already tried it. I will I will not I will not divulge whether it's good or not. But <laughs> well, you have about you have about a quart there, and <laughs> it seems that you are down to the last cup and a half. It goes quick. It goes quick. You know. Um, so. Just to be to be uh, full disclosure here, there is no egg in soy eggnog. Yeah, that's true. There's not a lot of it. It's like you know. Well, let's. I mean, we'll we'll divulge the ingredients and everything once. I mean, you've already read the ingredients. It sounds like. I well, yeah, I did. But uh, there's but not much to them. <laughs> we've got a half glass here, so why don't you give it a try? Then maybe we can uh, we'll spike it with a little maker's mark while we're at it. Cheers. There you go. Click click. Yeah. It's it pretty tastes, good, right? It tastes like nog. Yeah. Well, I don't know what nog actually is, but... Actually, last year, um, I made some nog from scratch. Ooh. Like, uh, it's quite a process. You have to, like, boil milk, and you have to, like, add egg, and it's, like, very scientific because you want it to be at right, just the right temperature because, I guess, at, like, exactly this temperature or whatever, like, 140 degrees or something like that, like, egg, the protein starts to, like, I don't know, denature mm-hmm. or nature or something, and they start to like do this thing and it kind of almost if you do it a little too high or you stir a little too hard it turns into scrambled, scrambled eggs. eggs exactly mm-hmm. right but if you do it just below that temperature it starts to thicken up mm. and that's where you get sort of that thickness right and actually it's not like if you do the authentic eggnog it's not that thick mm. it's thick but it's not that thick mm. like whereas if you get the stuff from the store it's, it's like thick. ice cream yeah right and it's really good yeah. really really sweet and really really good but then you look at the ingredients it's like oh it's like basically made of like corn syrup ice cream and like heavy cream all right um, and eggs of course right but like interesting uh, that corn syrup's in there though. it's always in there it's yeah. crazy but uh this stuff is like a lot thinner it's almost like it's basically consistency of milk yeah but yeah. it's it's pretty good i think yeah all right it's, it definitely has the flavor you're right though the consistency is much yeah. Lighter. Than. I will say, if you taste it one more time, you might taste a hint of banana, which is odd. Let's try that one more time. Yeah, I could, I could, you know, uh, and almost the smell is, is but yeah. I mean, but I feel like eggnog also has that kind of oh, really? quality to I it. I haven't had eggnog in a while, except I have had this, but it's weird this year I haven't really had a lot of eggnog. But uh, it was it was definitely like a note of like but like if you took a whole like uh, you know a quart of milk and then added like a half a banana and then whipped it up and then mm-hmm. it would like you know the banana would kind of dissolve because you whipped it up really hard mm-hmm. and it was it would just be really smooth or whatever but 
you just get this like sort of like lasting sort of like banana. So mm. anyway, all right, now let's try it with a little. You don't have very much left, but <laughs> you can throw a tiny bit in there. Just I'll throw a little a, more, a, a little, drops a little whiskey in there for you. And the taste That's of the good. eggnog will disappear, <laughs> but it's still pretty good. I think uh, anecdotally, you're using Maker's Mark, which is the whiskey that they dip in wax yes. to seal the, yes, the bottle yes. up. And uh, and I heard on the radio not too long ago that Maker's Mark is suing. I don't know if it's Jose Cuervo or one of the big tequila companies oh, because yeah. they've started dipping their bottles in wax. Which, in just sort of cursory opinion here, I don't think they have much of a case. Like, oh. if I want to dip my bottles in wax, I think I should be allowed to do that. Seems reasonable. Yeah. All right, here you go. Cheers. Take two. It tastes much more like whiskey with a little whiskey <laughs> in there. But it's a pretty good It's a pretty good drink, I feel like. It's very holiday-like. Yeah. And you really would... Now you really don't know that it's not eggnog. Mm-hmm. Well, except for that's true. Yeah, yeah. Now it, it you definitely uh, it could pass for for real. Like any but difference there might have been is now mm. hidden by the uh, the mark of uh, Mr. Maker. <laughs> ah, tasty. So out of ten, out how of would you 10. rate this experience? Well, how would you rate the uh, the plain soy dog experience? Well, I guess. The the question is, am I rating, uh, am I rating compared to just sort of things I like in general, or comparing it to eggnog? Uh, I'll leave it up to you. I'll, I'll keep this like uh, kind of like the um, whose land is it anyway? Scoring <laughs> points where right. they don't really matter. Okay, all right. Um, as, as long as you as give it, it at least a it, six. Before I thought that they mattered. Um, <laughs> Let's see. I would I would say that uh, for holiday experience and like uh, drinking and that sort of thing, I would I would give this a um, maybe an eight. All right. Because I'm gonna say it's not a necessity, but uh, but if you had it at your holiday party or your holiday experience, it would be good. All right. I think I, I will have a holiday party next week, and I will have soy eggnog on hand. Nice. That's that's an, I've now committed to that. That's a step in in the good direction. And I might I might buy another bottle of Baker's Mark. You, or you could get that tequila with the wax. <laughs> to support their fight for justice. <laughs> I will also give it an eight. All right. And I think with the Baker's Mark I will give it a nine. <laughs> <laughs> with the Baker's Mark this goes right up to 86. <laughs> I'm tell you. All right. That concludes the uh, Soynog. Review section of this of this podcast. Do you wanna do you wanna um, plug the brand name? What what brand? Name oh, this is uh, Silk. Silk. And I, I like Silk because of uh, it says it's non-GMO soybeans. Interesting. I don't know how no. I feel about genetic modification, but well, you know, I'm seems gonna, reasonable. I'm gonna bust out a little bit of agricultural background on you here. Uh oh, maybe um, I should not have done that. Uh, for those of you who are regular listeners. <laughs> You uh, would know that I uh, I have worked extensively in the field of agricultural development, and um, uh, GMO technically stands for genetically modified organism, um, but all crops 
are technically well, genetically sure, modified sure. I guess uh, I, organisms. But I'm, what they're referring to is transgenics. Like the Mon- which Monsanto means, and all well, stuff, transgenics right? means you've actually, with sort of intent, uh, you've gone down past the molecular level and altered the DNA okay. of the of the crop. And so there are. Uh, transgenic soy varieties that are resistant to Roundup and that sort of thing. But they're, so what they're saying is we're not using those because they're taking a stand against that practice. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I guess that's, I mean, I watched some documentary. And that's what, not, does that affect your rating? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That, 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 <laughs> no way whatsoever. That affects my rating of this uh, this brand and how I, I might uh, lean towards Silk. Okay. Whereas like certain other ones, like if you buy at Trader Joe's or whatever, it doesn't seem like they highlight that. Mm-hmm. So I feel less less good about it. I'll, I'll still buy it if I'm in a pinch, mm. you know. But like I like this. I don't know why. It just it's one of those things where yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people don't know what anything means. But mm. it's just like we do this. Like okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you're against the transgenic modification of plants. Uh, it it seems reasonable to me. Like you know, again, like I don't know a ton about it, but mm. I saw some documentary about how like you know the seeds and like if it blows into another person's fields, like mm. now your crops are like they own that patent on that. And yeah. Like, well, that's all that lameness. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to be part of that. So this is a little thing that I can do. Or maybe I'm doing nothing. Who knows? But, you know, it's very easy to label a bottle of anything with some, like, nice little logo. To say, all natural. We, we, yeah, <laughs> like, hey, it's all natural. <laughs> but anyway. All right, cool. Next topic. Um, maybe we could go to the uh, investigative de- Reports department? Sure, yeah. So uh, last time we talked about reviewing public toilets in the Tenderloin. I didn't do that, but I did go to a place called Urban Burger in uh, the Mission District here in San Francisco. Um, uh, Urban Burger is kind of one of these new uh, hamburger joints that's kind of cropping up, and they're sort of, uh, I don't know, like... uh, clean and art deco-y in the decoration. Is it kind of like Chipotle almost, but burgers? Yeah, but they're not a big chain. It's I think it's... Well, yeah, but I mean, like, when you go into Chipotle, it's all very clean and industrial and um, like metallic, kind of. Not quite at that level. They also have some of that sort of old diner feel, but it's very... Okay. In a way, it's kind of like... Uh, it feels like you're in sort of a hipstery okay. restaurant. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, they spell it Urban Burger... Good. That's um, good. That's B-U-N. Good. Uh, I'm not sure if you're supposed to pronounce it. Urban Burger or Urban Burger. <laughs> and if you're supposed to pronounce it Urban Burger, I'm like, why don't you just spell it with an A? Um, but anyway, wow. <laughs> clever spellings. I think we can talk about how we feel about, like, quote-unquote clever spellings at another time. But uh, generally, here are my impressions. What I ordered was a uh, hamburger with cheddar cheese. Uh, avocado and grilled onions. Um, it came with French fries. Uh, it came with lettuce and tomato. Uh, it may have come with not grilled onions also. Um, oh, it also had barbecue sauce on it. That sounds like the perfect burger for differentiating a burger place. Like it has all. Like I mean, there's fixings which are like pretty much like you can't go wrong with. But also like the whole experience if they do it right, they cut the avocado right, they cut they like grill the onions right, they do the meat right, they do the bread right. Mm-hmm. It could, like, you know, the difference between that burger served at Urban Burger and that burger served at, like, Carl's Jr. is probably, like, night and day. That's true. At least yeah. home and hope. Well, that that's what we're about to get into. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So, let me, let me say, also, I ordered a chocolate malt milkshake. Also uh, very differentiable. Yeah. 
Yeah. They um, have one of those at Wendy's, I think. They do, or a Frosty. Okay, okay. Yeah. Which might be a milk product. Um, <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> uh, so the burger was a very good burger. Okay. Uh, nice and tasty, you know, cooked to a nice sort of medium uh, level, juicy. The grilled onions very good. The cheese nice. The barbecue sauce good. Avocados good. The French fries a little on the scrawny side. I kind of prefer like thin. Yeah, really thin and and like almost like in and well, out. Yeah, but not even like in and out. You can sort of taste the potato. In yeah, there. like yeah, it, these yeah. these were a little on the cheap end of the French fry scale. Um, the chocolate malted milkshake very good. It had whipped cream on top. Oh, it was large. Um, uh, I would say overall the food experience um, <laughs> gave me diarrhea later on <laughs> which you know I gotta say if you have a milkshake and a burger and they give you diarrhea then it's like pretty good <laughs> it's like right up there on the high end <laughs> burger and shake level the, the problem is though they I jumped. still have diarrhea. Yeah, no. Only one shot, you know. <laughs> uh, the problem is they uh, they've bought wholeheartedly into the San Francisco price scale. Ah. How much would a hamburger um and, or a cheeseburger and a milkshake cost do you think at sort of a traditional location? Well, like I guess it's different to just be like the fast food kind of place or like chili. We're not talking. Like we're we're going past fast food. We're we're not this saying McDonald's. Quote, this is this the quote, is, this is the place. six dollar burger or whatever yeah. kind of thing, right. right? So I guess if you're in San Francisco and you're on Valencia and you bought a burger with all those fixings, like avocado would cost you a dollar, grilled onions would cost you a dollar, malt would be like four fifty five, the burger itself is probably like six, you know. So I guess that costs you like sixteen dollars. It cost me over seventeen dollars. Yes. Was a pretty good, pretty good guess right there. But that, I find that a little bit over the top. So here's here's the thing about my review. I really liked the food. Yeah. With the exception of the fries that were a little weak, I really enjoyed my burger and I really enjoyed my shake. I'm not gonna go back there though. Because uh, of the price. Because of the price. Yeah, I'm priced out of that. What if I gave you like a, a gift certificate? You'd be like, yes. Well, I'd be like, I could probably still find a better, I mean, a good burger elsewhere. This was not the greatest burger I've had in my life, but it was a good burger and and well better than fast food and not disappointing in any way. Right. I would gladly go and pay for that burger and shake experience. I would pay ten dollars. Nice. Yeah. Even with the malt. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think. Are you talking about a malt versus a chocolate? No, no. Even with the, the, the beverage. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, the I beverage. Mean, I feel like it's hard. You'd be hard pressed to find any place. Even like Wendy's is probably gonna cost you like two fifty or three, right? And then I don't I, know. I think I think you can go to like. I mean, comparing Wendy's or. All right. Or so forget about Wendy's, not, but like if you went to any like normal burger. You place, go to an old older diner or whatever, and you can get a two fifty milkshake. I, think. I don't know. I think you can. All right. I'm, uh, but still, if it was two fifty, that still leaves you seven fifty for the burger with avocado, grilled onions, and fries. Yeah. This was about a $12 burger or $13. Maybe I'm just like I've lived in San Francisco too long. <laughs> I think maybe. I'm I'm telling you what, what acceptable prices for burgers are. And Urban Burger, if you guys are listening, I really like your product. 
uh, but I can't afford to go and visit you anymore. Yeah, I guess they don't really have that problem, I think. They're no, they probably don't. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, these businesses along that they area, out, they pop yeah, up and down. They really do. Like popcorn. All right, all right. Good review. Oh, did you get a number? Uh, let's give an Urban Burger. Um, okay, I'll, I'll break it down a bit. Food, I'll give it a uh, 8.6. 8.6, alright. Yeah, all right. Uh, though the French fries, uh, if rated alone, I would give a like 5. Mm. Um, the ambiance was not at all. Uh, it was kind of sterile. Yeah, it was. It was sort of fine. Uh, so I'd give that the 7.5, which is the fine grade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, then uh, what else? Where we look? the menu was? Uh, you had lots of options, so I would say that that is a pretty good menu. Um, though the pricing uh, is something that I'm not going to go to again uh unless it's like a special occasion and friends right. are like oh let's go to urban burger but i think i'm the only person who likes hamburgers so overall you give it like a five overall i would say um i would say if you are a person who's willing to spend up to twenty dollars on your own meal <laughs> at a burger joint right then uh then this is a, a high rating place for so you. for a business lunch you or dinner you would definitely recommend it well are you gonna take a business partner to a burger joint so, i mean you know for a startup <laughs> if, you're, if you're going yeah. to business dinner, if you are if you are 23 years old and you are programming flash games and you're you know your startup, then uh, this is definitely a place to take All right. potential All right. Uh, All right. I'll business keep that in mind. partners. <laughs> yeah, but if you are a uh, business executive and you need and you're to, wearing you a know, suit, yeah, if you're wearing a suit, this is not your place. All right. But overall, very good food, nice service, uh, but sorry, can't afford you. <laughs> All right. Well, we have another section of the investigative department. I also did some investigation earlier, not intentionally. <laughs> I was cooking uh, some something in the, the kitchen earlier, and I put some peppers in it. And uh, I cut them up with my... I was actually using my fingers to cut them up, because mm-hmm. they were kind of dry, so I just kind of like crumbled them into the thing. Yeah, never a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, a, it's an okay idea. So I was crumbling them up, and I had like I think I crumbled up like four or five peppers, like into really small pieces with my with my fingers, and they were dried peppers, so they were easily breaking apart. And then I made my thing, and then I cooked it, I washed the dishes, I ate it, and then like uh, I don't know, ten minutes after that, maybe like forty five minutes later, I like rubbed my eye, and all of a sudden my eye started burning, and I was like, oh no, oh no, I know what's going on here. I still have a little tiny piece of like there must be oil or something like that on my mm. fingers. And so I was like, oh, I should go to the bathroom before it gets worse and, like, wash out my eyes, you know. And then I started doing that, and the water, I guess I should know this, but apparently chili oil is not water-soluble. No, no. <laughs> so now the thing, the, the oil is, like, on both my fingers, and I've rubbed both my eyes with them. And now it's, like, gone in my nose. So I was like, oh, I'll wash my hands with soap while I'm doing this with my eyes closed. Mm. And that was fine. And then I did it again, and it got even worse. It just kept getting worse and worse. <laughs> So like five minutes later, I was like, I, I'm just gonna sit, I'm, I'm just gonna walk around my house with my eyes closed, and go sit down, and then like just wait till this goes away. And I was just like, my nose was like, like burning, my eyes were burning, my eyelids were burning, you know, like when I whenever I opened my eyes, like it would hurt to blink. So I just sat there, I was like, like breathing for like I don't know, like five minutes, you know, like maybe ten. And it was just like it was. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't just a debilitator or anything. But I was like, I just can't do anything right now. I can't even, like, open my eyes because mm-hmm. I just don't want to. But, like, you know, tears, they do that thing where they neutralize whatever's in the mm-hmm. in the eye or whatever. And then it kind of made me think of, like, oh, this is what it's like to be pepper sprayed. 
Mm. You know, like when you're like being protested or, or you're protesting and then you get like, whatever, I don't know what you would, what verb you would use for police rounding up or breaking up a protest, I guess you could say. Mm. They're always like throwing tear grass and like, you mm-hmm. know, spraying pepper spray and whatever. It's like, that's, that's why they use pepper spray, I guess, huh? Because this sucks. Yeah. Tear gas. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, if I got tear gas or pepper spray, I would just be basically like, yeah, I wouldn't be able to move. I would just sit there and I'd be like closing my eyes and be like, just when is this going to stop? And then, you know, in the meantime, they just like, you know, take my arms and put them in handcuffs or whatever, and then drag me away. And I'm like, that's fine, because I really can't. So, like, I can only process right now this much my eyes right yeah. now. So, a little investigation. It's, it's not that great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you'd call that investigative reporting, actually. I think that's more like an accidental experience. All right. Personal history. All right. There you go. <laughs> This is from the personal history department. All right. Re- yeah. Reclassified, refiled. <laughs> so, yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would rate this a 2. Yeah, I would rate it a 3. All right. What, what, is, uh, what, what brought it up from a 2? Uh, I was going to say, like, 2 is, like, pretty horrible, and it went away fairly quickly, and it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I'm, not the worst, I'm not worse for wear. I mean, it took, like, you know, 15 minutes to, like, kind of resolve itself. Okay. Uh, I can imagine it being much, much worse, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I didn't have to go to the hospital. I didn't have to, like, lay down or drink any weird fluids or take a medicine or whatever. You yeah. know, it certainly wasn't great. I'm not going to give it a 7 or 8, you know? So we're saying our, our regular search for truth 1 to 10 scale, actually what we're saying is below 5 is a negative experience. I think so. Okay. I think so. All right. Yeah, I mean, 5 is, like, well, generally, you don't want to go through life with, like, five experiences, right? I mean, five, five is, is like, like neutral. Like, yeah, five is like a waste of time, right? Okay. Like, I, I might as well not have done that. I would have been no better, you know? Okay. Whereas, like, sometimes you might walk into a restaurant, whether you will never go back again, it's like, hey, you know, I didn't, like, waste my money. I'm st- I, I ate. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not hungry anymore. Yeah. I, I can check that restaurant off my list. Or but you also have to compare it to other alternatives. So if it's like, this restaurant I just ate at is no better or worse than another alternative, then it would be a five, right? Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. Okay. Or, like, maybe I just, I, I rather would have eaten or something. Okay. But <laughs> if that restaurant made you ill or, like... That might, like, take it down a notch, you know? No, like, no. that's like, man, I, I really wish I hadn't gone there. Yeah, okay. You know? And I kind of wish I hadn't done that. But at the same time, taking it to a three, now I've had that experience, you know? And, like, at least they weren't habaneros or something like that. They mm-hmm. weren't, like, oh, my God. You didn't do like, permanent eye damage. Right. I mean, I wasn't concerned, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so that's my, that's my rating on that. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, the uh, the pepper spraying thing. Do you want to talk about the recent rash of pepper spraying? Or yeah, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, current events department here. I'll let you uh, delve into that. Uh, so the one that I uh, saw, I did see video of uh, police um, beating up some students at UC Berkeley. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. This was before the main pepper spraying incident at UC Davis, but I saw that video of uh, the pepper spraying at UC Davis of the students who were just sitting there. That one made me really mad. I, uh, I graduated from UC <clears> Davis <throat> with a master's degree maybe three years ago. Um, and I really liked my time at Davis. It was, it was a really good uh, school and uh, a good town and all that. But that really made me mad in terms of like the gross uh, overstepping of boundaries and basically the use of violence on peaceful protesting i mean there was no provocation for yeah. that yeah you know and and you think like okay when is a police officer justified to use violent force i would say 
when they are in danger or they are saving somebody else from who is in danger. That's generally what you hear, right? Yeah. Like it's almost like you're not supposed to honk your horn in your car unless you're avoiding an accident. Mm. That's what they say. That's what we I learned. Heard that. That's what I learned when I was. I mean, anyway, I'm not. I don't need to divert your huh. your topic, but I mean, <laughs> you're not supposed to offend somebody with like a horn or a gun or a pepper spray or whatever unless there's like real reason. Right. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, this incident, which I'm sure most people have either seen or heard of, uh, on the internet or in the news, um, it really, really made me mad at first. Like I, uh, I was, I was very angry. I was angry with the initial response of the chancellor, uh, who supported the police, uh, in their actions. Um, and I just thought that was outrageous. Like at what point? Is it justifiable to act violently on people who are sitting peacefully? And I would say that it's never justifiable. And in my opinion, that police officer uh, or those who were doing that, I, I think it's more than one. I think there were maybe two or three officers who were identified as, as doing that sort of thing should be arrested and brought up on criminal charges of assault with a chemical weapon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm... I guess I don't. I thought, yeah, I'm down with that. That's funny. No. I, I, it's funny. I don't really. I'm not that mad about it. I don't know. I, I think maybe you take it a little personally because you went there. I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. And well, I mean, but even even that, I, like, I get just injustice in general kind of pisses me off. But like, this was so gross, and and the fact that people, some people did seem to think that this was justifiable. Right. It's like, no. How can you make that argument? And they were saying, well, the police officers felt threatened, and how did you feel threatened by people sitting down, yeah. locking arms? Right, right. Did you... I mean, you know, actually, I didn't hear a lot of... It was... It's funny, because it sort of happened, and there was... It was almost across the board, across the world, like, condemnation of it. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't really hear... I mean, it seemed like the chancellor, because it was obviously on her head, mm-hmm. you know, whenever you get accused of something... And it's funny, because, like, when... When you're the general or the admiral or the president or whatever, any department, any group or whatever, it's like you're, they say you're also ultimately responsible for what happens under your watch. Yeah. So you're obviously going to like, your immediate reaction to get blamed with something is like, well, you know, that's fine, you know, or we'll handle it. Like, I understand what you're mm-hmm. but that wasn't the problem. Like, we'll handle it, right? She, it's like, I guess she did call on the police, right? That, that's what I hear. And I, you know, but like, and she's responsible for the police department. She's responsible mm. for their actions, but she wasn't the one doing it. So maybe right. her first reaction was like, look, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say like I recommended it, but like, it's okay. We'll handle it. We'll deal with it. We'll move forward or whatever. Right. Mm. But around the, I mean, other than her and like maybe the police in at UC Davis, I didn't hear any, did you hear anybody like really saying, Oh, like that was warranted or whatever. It seemed like it was actually a fairly uniform combination of the, the act. Oh yeah, no, I I haven't. But the fact that like the, those people are still defending those actions when I mean you've got Oh yeah, yeah. You have video evidence of a, of an assault. Right. Right. How can you uh, how can you defend that? And I guess what makes me mad is I don't I don't necessarily agree with the reaction of uh, of a lot of people in similar situations where it's like something bad happens and you're the leader uh, you immediately step down. Yeah. I would actually say no, that's not taking responsibility. Taking responsibility is performing an investigation, like cleaning you know, it up, cleaning or it up. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, firing or charging that officer with uh, criminal charges. Yeah. And then you step down. Okay. 
you know. Oh, and, and, then, and then step down. And if if that's still if that's still justified, because I think I mean like what she did wrong was was come out in support of that action. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you do clean up after yourself first. I don't think the immediate stepping down thing, which happens a lot in government and whatever, it's like, oh, well, we didn't handle this situation correctly. I'm going to step down. Right. It's like, no, first clean it up. Yeah. And then step down. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I feel like people, that's all, all, a lot of times that's sort of the response. Like, oh, this person needs to be fired. It's like, well, I mean, mistakes happen. You know, if this is intentional or right. whatever, like I mean, you are in charge of a, a system or an organization that has like a thousand people in it. It's like you're not. I mean, you can't spend every minute of your day following the, the actions of every single person. Mm-hmm. But if you had some idea or you knew this was going to happen or you intended for this to happen, then then it's a story, yeah. right? But if yeah. like if it happened on your watch, you know what? I'm going to give you the the benefit of the doubt, but like make my benefit of the doubt pay off, right? You know, and like. By turn by turning around and cleaning up your house, right? Yeah. Like get it sounded like those people were put on administrative leave immediately and like uh, yeah like all that stuff and but yeah it didn't seem like she came out with any sort of like this is crazy what are we doing you know mm-hmm. like that doesn't seem right that's not and she right. did make some public apologies and that sort of thing but they seem like they're half-hearted at best right well it I don't even know about that but like it uh that initial response was the wrong response right and that's right. where i feel like okay you you did fail in your job in that moment it's and, also oh sorry and you you can uh clean up the incident by making sure that that police officer is arrested yeah. and uh yeah. tried right. uh but you can't take back what you said and so if if after all of the cleanup is is done you still can't, you know, uh, reconcile that. Then, then you should step down. Well, what do you think about like soldiers getting tried for like crimes of humanity, like in Iraq and Iraq, like you know, places where they're at war or whatever, like people who shoot civilians and stuff like that. I mean, like I think they should be tried. Yeah, I mean, I think there is some like, and I'm not saying I'm on the side, but I mean, I think there's a lot of people who say, you know, like war is crazy and like crazy things happen, and these well, soldiers. Yeah. You know, I mean, they can't be thinking in the back of their mind, oh, I'm going to be charged for murder if I accidentally shoot somebody. Or if I shoot somebody and I'm, like, kind of, like, stressed right now, you know, or, like, I mistakenly... Well, there's a difference between, like, you're in a firefight and you're firing your gun and bullets happen to hit people, you know, in right. the middle. And, uh, like, some of these cases, there was one pretty high-profile one in Afghanistan recently where the soldiers went out and just killed a bunch of civilians. Right. And, and then tried to make it look like those people were insurgent fighters yeah uh which i mean they're they're two different cases one you i mean you should when civilians die i guess in an ideal world well in an ideal world you don't have war right sure but in if this situation were, were better and every time civilians die you can have a, an investigation of what happened and you can determine well we were shooting at these guys who were shooting at us from behind that wall and it just so happened that this, there were civilians behind them and they got killed. And it's like, that is a terrible thing. Yeah. But we're not going to try you for a criminal action. Right, right. But you go out and kill people intentionally, then, yeah, that's a criminal action. I guess for me, maybe I'm just being a little, like, whatever about it, like, uh, passive about it. But I feel like that's just war sometimes. And I'm not excusing it at all. And I don't think it's okay. But I feel like it's naive to think that if you put young men in battle with guns in another country, they're not going to lose their minds. You know, and that's that's almost another reason. Yeah, but that reason. doesn't make it excusable. It doesn't make it excusable. I'm just saying, like, do you think you go, I mean, 
And I'm not even saying, like, if, if you took them to trial, I wouldn't even stop that either. You know, I'm not, I'm not one way or the other, actually. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I just get, don't get outraged about it because I feel like this is just, it's just like getting upset about crime in, like, a, a greedy neighborhood. You know, it's like, it's just a reality situation. You know, like, if your car gets broken into and it's kind of like a, a bad neighborhood of the city, you can be mad. But it's, I mean, like, are you going to, like, cause a riot? As a, I mean, it's like, no, this is like, it's just the reality no, of, like... You, you react in in the way to build a just society is to I don't know to I, put those people you know on trial or whatever yeah look war I mean war is an extreme example because war is basically the failure of human society yeah it, and but that, that's why I guess that's the thing is like it, having rules in war is, 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 is kind of like a weird uh, balance for me you but know? it's but what it is is it's it's saying by one or both sides that we do want to preserve some yeah, sense of no, I, I mean, that, that seems fairly Geneva Conventions and all that stuff. It just seems like it's a good idea, uh, especially with, like, uh, the way you treat, you know, prisoners of war and, like, all that stuff, like torture and things like that. But, uh, like, crossfire and, like, just people, I don't know, shooting civilians. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I'm not going to excuse it for one second, but I just, I just feel like it's sort of this reality of, of war. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, you can look at any and say here are the facts of what happened yeah that's the reality of it but that doesn't mean that you let that go yeah you know i mean it, it seems to me that what you're saying is uh, is passive about it it's 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 saying oh well that was bound to happen yeah so we don't want to do anything about that but it's like no you have to do something about that yeah yeah i mean i, I it's just weird because i feel like uh, the way war is these days there's so much like uh, media coverage and uh Everybody has a cell phone camera now, and you, there's so much like presence. There's so much mm -hmm. eyewitnessing of every of every event, every gunfire shot. I mean, it's probably I don't know if it's already the case or like it will be the case, but probably every soldier at one point will have a camera exactly where their their guns pointed. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't see that being much far far fetched reality past a decade from now. Mm -hmm. So you know exactly where every bullet was pointed, where it was going, and what that person was thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe even one like there'll be a camera. Uh, at his sight, you know, and then one on his eyes, you know, his, his either he's wearing glasses or, you know, some sort of weird implant. His, on their his, helmet or something. Yeah, something, right? So so you get, like, exactly every death, every civilian casualty, every, like, a military casualty, you'll know exactly what that soldier was thinking. And it's like, now they're not soldiers, they're just sort of, like, people, it's, it's very, it's dehumanizing the whole process, right? And then, like, well, every kill they make will be criticized and evaluated. Yeah, but I mean, that the concept of a regular army has been trying to in a way break people down from you know thinking to uh or from questioning things from the beginning since i don't know when no nations sure. first started like drilling regular armies but i think it was you know the 15 or 1600s and since then they've gotten much more much much better at uh sure. You know, taking people through basic training and being like, you you don't you do what people tell you to do. You do this and that and and whatever. So I mean, to say that putting cameras on guns and helmets is like dehumanizing. Oh it's no, like, I don't mean hmm. it. I don't mean that that we shouldn't do that. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, and that's another reality. I feel like that's just that's gonna happen. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not against it or for it. I'm just saying that's gonna happen, and I'm fine with that. I understand that. But then at some point, somebody's just gonna go and watch every you know minute of that. You know, and it's going to be a very, it'll be or a very. No, you don't. I mean, you don't. 
you wouldn't need to do that, but you would have to have everything basically. Like you'd need an enormous database, right? And you'd be well, like, oh, I mean, these civilians were killed at this point. Find the soldiers that were, you know, we have GPS things. Yeah, exactly. We know right. exactly. Find where. the soldiers that did this, and I, I, yeah. I, I, I suspect, or like I can see that, you know, if like we killed, you know, let's say we killed a hundred thousand civilians, we would have fifty thousand soldiers. Every like probably every soldier that kills somebody, half of their kills are civilians, and it might be that half of them were reckless, and it might be that half the army is down in jail. Think, I don't think that. I mean, like. You could imagine a hypothetical situation in which that were the case, but I think that most civilian casualties in war are bombs or whatever. Well, yeah, are, are are either in in these most recent wars they've been terrorist, you know, uh, attacks, but or yeah, like basically uh, what they call kind of cruelly collateral damage, where it's like the the fight was justified and these people were there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, but I, but I, I think these cases of the My Lai massacre in Vietnam or this uh, death squad thing in Afghanistan recently, like those are, I I hope, the more isolated. And humans. that's I guess that's what maybe that's where I'm coming from. I feel like they're probably not. They're just they just happen to see the light of day, you know. And I feel like they're you know for every outrage that you hear, there's probably ten more behind the scenes. That's possible. You know, and, and maybe tens being even a little, like, you know, cautious. And that's what I wonder. You know, and it's it's not that I'm defending anybody. It's like, it's... War is stupid, really. But, you know, it's like... Uh, these are the things that happen in war. And for every story you hear, there's going to be ten more. There's like it. You know, for every, you know, moment of bravery, there's ten more of those. For every moment of, like, human atrocity, there's like ten or maybe more, hundred more of those. You know, mm-hmm. and these are happening people without even... Who don't even have guns. You know? It's just weird, I guess. I just feel like... And, and to bring that back to the, the cop thing, you know, mm-hmm. like these police officers, it seems like if you give somebody this authority, you know, whether it's just a can of pepper spray or, you know, an automatic automatic rifle, you know, uh, it's it's somehow this uh, this power trip happens. On, right, yeah. Know? Well, there's... I mean, but there's... A, you use the word authority. There's a difference between power and authority. I mean, in this situation, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not really making a distinction. The point is, like, they have this, this, this thing in their hand that empowers them, and that can make another person do something. Yeah. You know? And not only that, but they're they're. Or they author- can punish them for not doing that. What and not only that, but they're authorized. They're put in this position of like quote power. Like I'm a police officer, and you know I have the law. Right, but they have, no. But what they're doing in these situations is going well beyond the limits of their power. But I wonder how often that happens. It's like. I mean, well, I, I think I mean we have we have documented cases of it. That it happens That's, a lot. Sure. Right. So I mean, I just wonder. I mean, it's like almost like you're gonna have to throw half the police department out. No, I think that that doesn't follow. I mean, I, I mean, what what you do is you, you know, you make sure that uh, people can report these cases. Uh, you investigate them and you punish the people who are doing wrong. You need to in, you need to instill a culture of uh, respecting your limits. Just because you have a gun or a can of pepper spray, does not mean that you have the right to use that gun or can of pepper spray in you know no, any that, situation. That's a given. That, that's not up for. I'm not. I'm not debating that. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is that you need to make that uh, very clearly known. Sure. And sure. But that it, I feel like in the history of human time, that's not been done. And there's no, in my mind, there's no expectation that that will ever happen. Hmm. You know, and, and that's, and, I mean, that's, 
possible, but that's why you end up with situations where it's like guns on the end of cameras, or cameras on the end of guns. And I have no problem with that either. I'm just saying this is a reality, right? Like, the the point is, like, we will never have uh, an enforcement agency, you know, of any sort, military, uh, civilian, or somewhere in between, that can justly and um, appropriately meet out, you know, uh, just justice and or you know uh, calmness like they can't properly engage a riot they can't properly engage a protest they can't properly engage anybody and like talk and forget about a protest like what about when people are just you know what they, they go to like a house and somebody's drunk or somebody is like there is a crime being committed or there somebody just looks funny you know it's like all these like abuses of power that you hear how many of them probably go unreported and even if they are reported how many of them are like ignored completely mm-hmm. right and like this is when, I mean, you think about these riots and stuff that happen, like, you know, when they're just sick and tired of the police departments beating up on them, they're sick and tired of, you know, this injustice. It's like, that just, that just for be- how many miscarriages of justice does that represent before that sort of foments into this movement, mm-hmm. right? And it, it just, it's, it's this awkward uh, game that we play that we have these departments that, that have to enforce laws, and we need police, of course. We need, mm-hmm. we need people to help citizens out and, like, help us regulate ourselves whatever but just this losing game i guess is what i'm saying that or this game we have to play regardless you know maybe the, yeah, the benefits I mean, outweigh the, the you know the the, the non-benefits well and and what i'm saying is that yeah you will i agree that you will always have if you have human beings uh in you know positions of power and whatever you will always have abuses but you develop solutions for those abuses as they come up or come up with i guess Always move towards solutions and try and make it better. Yeah. I, what, are, what are we debating? <laughs> we're, we're, I'm just trying to, I mean, I, I'm not, there's no debate. I'm just trying to point out that, like, uh, this will always happen. Okay. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it's just a funny situation that, like, yeah, it's happening now in this way, but that's not to mean that it doesn't happen, it's not going to happen again. Hmm. So you don't believe in a, uh, in a possibility of sort of a... Um, an enlightened populace that populace. Uh, I mean like say you society reaches a level where you know the the kind of ideal of behavior is uh, acted upon by oh obviously not come on right <laughs> I'm, just, and, I'm just trying to I'm trying to boil your point now no, to and, like and, a, and that go and, uh, and that same, thing. that same thing applies to the enforcers Right. Yeah. And that and that's no. I'm talking about populace in general, from police to sure. Like, and I mean more specifically the police, because mm-hmm. they have this. They've been granted this authority. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and I guess what I'm trying to say is that's why I'm not really upset. I mean I'm upset and I think it's wrong and I'll support any like you know. So you're not really upset, but you're upset. No, no. Did I say upset? <laughs> I, I think it's wrong and I agree that it's wrong and like I'm I'm okay with any sort of like um, corrective actions or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm not this outrage. I don't necessarily share the outrage only because I just feel like it's obvious. It's like, yeah, that's okay. going to happen. Yeah, all right. It sucks. And I, I agree that it's wrong. You know, let's move on and make it right. But let's not, like, get so mad that it happens. Because it's like, this is just, people will abuse power. Okay. You know, and that's, yeah. that's what I feel like. That's, I guess that's, yeah, that's it. All I, right. That's why I'm not upset. All right. Should we end it on that? Sure. All sure. right. This has been the Irregular Search for Truth. Write us with uh, hate mail or opinions at Irregular Search for Truth at gmail.com. I'm Scott. And I'm Sachin. Thank you and happy holidays. Happy holidays.